to it What went down in the van A legend in, a legend in, a legend in A legend in Beers with Bears Beers with Bears Beers with Bears Beers with Bears What's up, Michael? Hey, how's it going, Chris? It's going well, man. Good to see you. We've got the whole gang together here. Nice to meet you. Got some yeah. beers, you know, because... Yeah, we got their Cerises. Yeah, guys. Yeah, my mom just randomly poured me wine, so I'm just using that for... Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah, that's, was, that's perfectly okay. I was just telling Jeff, I got the new White Claw flavor pack so i'm drinking a blackberry white claw oh shit that sounds really good actually yeah i didn't realize they came out with the new pack already nope i might be yeah, the downer here good. and uh i don't drink so i'm just <laughs> drinking water thing. yeah so i hope i'm That's just okay. not gonna get judged i'm still able to speak on the podcast yeah, you're, you're still allowed. It's okay. Awesome. You're in the band's portion, not the beer's portion. It's Perfect. Okay. I figured. Did you save any of those non-alcoholic <laughs> IPAs? Those are disgusting. <laughs> you brought non-alcoholic <laughs> IPAs. I had three sips, and I was like, I feel sick. That wasn't the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> now I know that same old smile comes around once in a while. up everyone welcome back to another episode of beers with bands and this week i have the guys in wolf road on with me tonight um how are you guys doing doing great man thanks so much for having us on we're stoked we uh we're banned and we like beers for the most part 75 percent of us <laughs> like beers sorry <laughs> just throw them under the bus right away yeah Devin, Devin's our straight edge boy. <clears throat> it's not a, not like a well-kept secret though, but we love that. You know, it keeps us even keel here. The other three of us don't get too yeah. crazy, you know? It's so a, in other words, I'm the designated driver at all times. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was going to say, we always have someone who's responsible. So yeah. it's, it's a good thing. When touring comes back, man, that'll be great for me. <laughs> like I know who's driving. We're good. <laughs> right. That was always our problem is the two people that were allowed to drive uh, also like to just drink all the time. So we had to alternate days as to when we could do things. Um, <laughs> so that was always a bummer. Uh, before we get too far into it, do you guys want to just kind of go through and say who you are and what you do in the band? Sure, I'll start. I'm Chris. I sing in the band. Um, just the clean vocals because actually Nick and Jeff do the dirty vocals. But yeah. I'm the singer of Wolf Road. My name is Nick. I'm Chris's brother, and I also play drums in Wolf Road. Uh, I like to to yell, so I do some screams as well, alongside Jeff. 
Um, I'm Jeff. I play guitar, uh, mostly leads, and then um, screams as well, kind of like background vocals. Um, yeah. I'm Devin. I'm the bassist. That's it. Slap of the bass. Slap of the bass. And uh, for people that are listening and might not know, uh, Wolf Road, you guys are like a kind of like pop punk mixed with easy core esque band from uh, Des Plaines, Illinois. Um, and I mean, for people that haven't listened to them, I I really hope you listen to them by at least by the end of this episode because I mean everything fucking rips. So I'm stoked that you guys are on tonight. So thank yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, dude. I've uh, we've been trying to figure out how to describe it ourselves. We're just like you said, we do some pop punk stuff. We do some heavy stuff. I mean, we're all just fans of those genres of music. So when we made this band, we're like, we didn't want to be limited in any way. If we want to write, you know, something really catchy, we're going to do it. If we want to write a heavy banger, just go for it, man. So, so far it seems like it's working more or less. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're kind of like throw knuckle puck with ice nine kills or something. <laughs> yeah. We just, <laughs> we like, we it. show up to practice and we start writing like a, a we start writing out an idea or something and it's like sounds nothing like we've kind of written before and it's just kind of like fuck now we got to think of another genre to include in the in the list so we just yeah. put out an acoustic song and it's like okay now we're like super light pop punk like poppy but then like we also have you know some really heavy bangers so it's it's fun it's fun to keep up on their toes i like listening to bands like that i think we all like listening to bands like that we have very like wide range music tastes so it's it's fun to keep it interesting and not just kind of have one style throughout the entire, you know, yeah. our entire. EP. Yeah, so we did put out our song As Good As It Gets a couple of weeks back. That was our first single of uh, 2021. And like Jeff was saying, that was an acoustic one. Uh, we don't have anything else out right now, but I know that by the time this episode is out in like May, we will. So uh, now that you're listening to this episode, our EP Counterpoint will be out which is all acoustic stuff. It's as good as it gets, plus a couple uh, reimagined versions of our songs Dogwood, A Twisted World, and Blue Moon. So, yeah, that's a whole other side of the band there that we definitely explored in 2022. It was like, okay, we've got our pop punk stuff, we've got our heavier stuff. Now let's, like, chill it out, do the acoustic thing. And we're huge fans of, like, additional instrumentation. Like, uh, Nick especially does a lot of the work of writing, like, you know, violin parts and I don't know what all kind of crazy shit you got going on, man, but he adds a lot to our songs. I think that's a really big part of the acoustic stuff as well is the songs kind of have like a whole different feel when you add not just acoustic guitars, but all the other background instrumentation that goes with it too. So I think it's a cool thing for our band to show off this side too with our EP counterpoint. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, speaking of the, the new single, it, it all sounds amazing. And it, it really was, um, how you guys are saying, like a completely different side to what your your first EP was. And it, it's it's nice to see that you're able to do, like, flip the switch and kind of go the other route and do everything acoustic. Well, I'm sure it'll come out just as well as that uh, song has so far. So stoked on uh, when that comes out. Yeah, dude. Get stuck. We got... um. Well, like I said, I guess when the episode's out, it'll be all out. So you can check the whole EP counterpoint. Like I said, it's got as good as it gets. It's got a couple other songs, but I'll hit you up too and send you a preview for the stuff we've got coming so that you can get a little sneak peek as well since we're hanging out, chatting, beers with fans. 
but uh yeah, oh, yeah. we got a got a single that's coming out at the time we're recording it's a single coming out next week and we'll hit you with that shit so it's it's cool okay. we're just trying to stay busy man this is like the first thing we thought of doing um well besides like writing new music in general i guess we did get to writing right away you know when the pandemic hit and lockdowns and all that um but we it was like, go ahead nick i was just gonna say it was really fun too because i I think prior to summer 2020, I don't know if any of us thought about recording an acoustic release. It was just something we did like a Facebook live stream show. And we spent a few weeks just how could we adapt some of our, our electric songs off nowhere around you to fit like a coffee shop acoustic environment. And it was really fun. We ended up kind of rewriting a lot of sections, envisioning, you know, some new ideas. And after we did the performance, a lot of people were like, hey, that was really cool. And then, you know, with the pandemic going on, just trying to keep busy between also just shooting some more music videos off of nowhere around you. It was what if we did like a reimagined release of some of these older songs? And it was just really fun to try some new things and kind of also challenge ourselves. I think one of the biggest things for me was trying to take a song that we've already written but just completely changed the vibe so that a listener could listen to the same song, two different renditions, but feel like even maybe two different, you know, vibes from each. Yeah, it was a fun challenge. And I also, I liked who we, our producer for that, Ray Robley, he was, he was an awesome guy, at least for me writing guitar parts. He was very cool in that, um, he challenged me to write new parts like kind of on the spot that fit the acoustic vibe a little better because not everything translates perfectly over from electrical to acoustic for like at least for some lead guitar parts and uh yeah so he was he was awesome to work with and he was just really fun guy and he liked to challenge me and i it turned out like i came up with some new parts for the acoustical for, for the acoustic versions that i like even better than the original versions if i'm being honest i think i like blue moon honestly better as acoustic than I do as electric, but okay, so I was thinking about that the other day. I, I don't know if this is like just because we did it recently. Cause you know, like people, you probably get it too. You ask bands like their favorite songs or releases or whatever. And it's always like, it's the new one, it's the new one, <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's bullshit or not. Like, I kind of think it's not just because I feel that way. Even now about looking at twisted world, dogwood and blue moon. I like the acoustic versions of all three better than the original. And I don't know if it's because they're actually better. They might be. Check out Counterpoint, eh? But uh, I think it's just like because you're living in that headspace for something you've just made that you're so like into it still that it becomes your favorite for that reason. So mm -hmm. I think it's a thing. I don't know. And uh, it's funny when you mentioned that like rewriting guitar parts thing. My favorite one was uh, that lead you did on the beginning of As Good As It Gets because mm -hmm. that wasn't there like originally and you're like yeah we need a lead or something this dude just whips it out in the studio and whips out this hot lead and i don't know i don't think that song would be the same without it like it really helps set things up that's funny because i was upstairs and i wrote i wrote a part upstairs like listening to our producer play back the intro to that song and i was like oh i got this sweet lead and you go downstairs you set up in front of that mic you play it one time and then you hear it with the rest of the song it's like that sucks i can't use that so i, I spent like an hour writing this lead i thought in my head was going to be perfect for that part and then i get down there and start recording it's like 
nope sucks so then i wrote something else on the spot but it's uh it's funny how sometimes it just works like that well the story is jeff is really good at coming up with leads and random stuff on the spot that's like damn dude like uh wasn't it the solo for our first record on winthrop you wrote that entire solo right before you recorded it it was a lot of it yeah a lot of it was done in like in the studio yeah uh, that's fun you know i like to live in that chaos where it's like you're under the pressure like oh my god you're going to record and like yeah going back to our conversation about procrastinating yeah see (laughs) working under pressure like a diamond you know it, I, write, it, I wrote my best essays when I had to turn it in in 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. Just saying. It is kind of a vibe. I can't say that I experienced much of that for Counterpoint, but I will say for other things, I've had moments where it's like while you're there and you're just tracking, it's like, now nah, let's switch it up now. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, you, and then it's like, oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> you said something earlier like when they go on tangents like we are yeah. notorious i yeah. am notorious we do that <laughs> yeah no, we're sorry dude, it's cool because like <laughs> i i rain it in whenever you I, want i'm to. perfectly fine with it because it, it shows like you guys going off on a tangent and kind of diving in and like at like <laughs> talking to each other about like the whole rewrite process that's something that i might not would have might not have thought of to to ask so it's nice for you guys to like just have that conversation and most of the time i'm hanging out with my friends that are all musicians anyways and they go off they like i usually sit back and just like watch and listen and it feels like the same thing so I, i'm down with it this is like group awesome. therapy it's awesome like you just let us dive into our, into that's our what happens lives. when these guys get a little bit of a liquid <laughs> and then yeah. it's like oh man that's so michael's just michael's right. just got a note like a notepad over there like mm, interesting, interesting all right guys time to start ranking <laughs> michael, our deep how does that make you feel <laughs> Well, this song is happy, so it made me feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't a visual version of this podcast, right? It's just audio? Yeah, I just do the audio. Oh, damn. I wish the world could see Jeff hanging out with his glass of wine right yeah. now. Just, <laughs> this motherfucker, the way he's holding it, he just looks so fancy. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him walk up earlier in the other meeting we were in, and I was just like, Man's fucking poured himself a glass of wine. <laughs> I don't know. My mom just randomly poured me. That's like a ten dollar bottle yeah. of wine. But oh yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about wine. You you can't tell the difference in your glass between a ten dollar bottle of wine and a three hundred dollar bottle of wine. It just looks classy, no matter what you got in there. Just put it in the glass and you go, it just man. Looks cool. Yeah. You know, like every job I've had in like the last few years, like our manager always gets the you know like all the employees for a christmas gift like a bottle of wine and every year i just look at it like all right because i don't drink so i'm like <laughs> last year my boss uh he asked me he was like uh, do you want white or red or he's like dude no he asked me uh do you want do you drink wine i said my girlfriend does he goes white or red and i said um the white one i guess yeah, someone has no idea. Yeah, so I always get like Christmas wine. I'm like, so I just bring them to parties and say like, oh, I brought wine for tonight. So yeah, really that's in- at least a good way to use it. Yeah, it's free. My roommate's been really into bringing home red wine, like or whatever they drink at church, and like he's like, hey, you want a glass? And it'll be like a Thursday night. It'll be like, yeah, fuck it. I will say, however, you know, I have been a little alcoholic. Uh, curious, I guess the best way to describe it, <laughs> because uh, Skywalker Ranch. Um, if you're familiar, Skywalker Ranch, but like one of the 
leaders in sound for movies and everything. Um, Skywalker Ranch actually has its own vineyard. So there's a bunch of, you know, Skywalker Star Wars wine. And I've heard it's absolutely incredible and excellent. So I've been thinking about getting some just for my girlfriend. I'm just going to smell it. But I mean, it's kind of like, ooh, something I never thought about. If you'd ever break bad, that would be the one for you. If I thought about it, there's two ways I'd do it. Either if I go to Ireland, I'd have a, I'd have maybe a sip of Guinness, or if I get enough friends and have a great time, Galaxy's Edge, either Disneyland or Disney World. If you can't tell by the way I'm going with this, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Um, they got some of the drinks in Oga's Cantina. There's some crazy stuff. And I'm like, damn, that looks good just because it's Star Wars. I'm like, I think about it. We can make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, those don't even count. Like, if you had a you have a Guinness in Ireland, like that that doesn't count. That's just cultural. It doesn't. Yeah, it's, 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 it's be yeah. straight. That's water. Over there. I'm, I'm Irish, yeah. man. Oh. My family had a castle, apparently. So yeah, you know, it's part of the blood. <laughs> well, you had a castle. I'm just finding this out now. Yeah, wait, no, what? No invites. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's clearly no longer there. It's you know, it's it's rubble. Sure. Wow. Okay. I don't know. My aunt just had a photo of a castle, and I walked by one time at her house when I was a kid. I was like, "What's that?" She's like, "Oh, it's our castle." And I was like, "The fuck?" Um. So yeah, now we're talking about castles, beers with castle boys. That's your new podcast, right? I don't know if, <laughs> if you want to redirect that, but uh, yes, tangent boys are at it. We're just aiming to go off of every single tangent possible. Wolf Road, big tangents. All That's right, let's. I'll throw it in. I'll, I'll I'll get us roped back in here. Um, so, I mean, you guys formed. I think I saw mid twenty nineteen. How did you four come together to become Wolf Road? Oh boy. Um, so it's an interesting story. Wolf Road. Yeah, we dropped our first EP at the like the end of twenty nineteen. It was like November. November. Um, say what? November twenty second. He's got the date down. I'm not even that good. That sounds right. Yeah. November 22nd. Um, it's a super weird time to become a band because we only got to play, I think, five shows um, between November and, like, March, which is, like, pretty good. We were playing, like, one a month or something like that. Um, but then, obviously, Rona hit, and that was the end of that. So it's weird that we're, like, a new band, but we spent, like, more time being a band in quarantine than not in quarantine. <laughs> which is like kind of a strange dynamic. Um, but then as far as like how we actually met, it's funny because like some of us, and I think actually all of us at some point played together in a cover band before Wolf Road. And we just did like pop punk covers and stuff. Um, so obviously like Nick is my brother, like you mentioned, we're related. So we've known each other for <laughs> a long ass time. Just throw that out there. And uh, Jeff- Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, Jeff lived uh down the street from us growing up so we met him through high school and and jammed and played in that cover band and eventually we got devin along the way um jeff and devin went to college together out at indiana tech shout out fort wayne indiana got a lot of cool friends of ours out there we played a lot of shows for them um like when we were a cover band so uh so yeah we we played like fallout boy blink day to remember all that good stuff and Eventually it came time. It was just like, hey, we want to write our own music. So that's what we did and started writing. And obviously there's a lot of pop punk, pop punk influence there, but then also like the heavier stuff that we've been into just from going to Warp Tour for years and years and being into that kind of scene. So that's basically more or less how Wolf Road came together. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to that? 
Thumbs it up. Jeff. That's summed it up. I, I nailed it. Jeff. I nailed the first take. Hell yeah. I I first met Jeff in high school. He used to drive me to drumline camp. And it was great. And Jeff was the captain of our drumline. And then later on in the year, he was like, nah, man, I play guitar. I was like, what? You play <laughs> yeah. guitar? Jeff was the drumline captain, but you never were drumline captain. Were you, Nick? I don't know. I was sexually, yeah, dude. That's a flex. This, yeah, this, what? This is, weird, this is a weird dynamic. The drum, We have our drumline captain oh, that okay. plays guitar. I see what you're saying. And we have our not drumline captain who plays the drums. Nick has secretly been planning his revenge. I'm just saying somebody might have got cheated there. Maybe somebody else should have also been a drumline captain. because I yelled at people the most. Yeah. It's a... Also, he took his shirt off every day during the summer at practice, and he would just play fucking handball and destroy the freshmen. <laughs> what a phrase. <laughs> he took his shirt off, would destroy freshmen in games of handball. But that's hey, one way to assert your dominance in high school. He's, my... <laughs> He's what a hero. But no, it was just really funny because I, you know, like Chris said, Jeff's been our neighbor like forever, and then didn't come to meet him until high school where we had that overlap with Drumline and Came to learn that Jeff is a phenomenal guitarist. Dude kills it. We played some cover bands together. And then we did, you know, that one band we were in before Wolf Road that <laughs> no one ever wants to name. But yeah, and that was just really fun. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't in a band till uh, senior year of high school. Actually, it's the first time I ever like was in a group with people playing music. And uh, yeah, that was Nick as drummer and then a couple other high school friends. And then, um, yeah, I really liked it and we kind of enjoyed doing covers. So we just did that, you know, pretty much through 2014 to like, I don't know, 2018 or whenever it is, we started doing like serious uh, original yeah. stuff. So, yeah. yeah, we were writing music behind the scenes for a while and it just took a while to get it perfected and get it recorded and like god the music industry takes so much time to do things like to line up recording yeah. to go do it to do videos like i feel like i spend my whole life just waiting for other people to do things yeah <laughs> like i feel like i'm decently on top of my shit and what we're doing but that's just like god it's just the industry moves so slow and you just you gotta do your best at that and kind of try to keep things moving it makes yeah. you understand and kind of appreciate uh, or at least relate to bands where like, man, why the hell hasn't like insert band here not released a new album in like two, three years? Well, meanwhile, they're touring like nine months out of 10 months out of the year. And then the only downtime they have, they're probably yeah. still writing and it's not as easy. It's not like everyone's in like a, like a bitch in um, tour bus. A lot of people are mainly like in vans or small RVs. So it's not like they really have the opportunity to uh, like write and record and, I don't know if it was like Drake or some of the rappers who literally like recorded like a whole new album in the back of their tour bus, which I can't imagine doing, but um, stuff like that, it's, you know, not as common. So it's like, if you want good stuff, you literally have to give these guys a break, but they need to pay their bills. So they have to go yeah. out on the road. So yeah, it's a weird dynamic, right? Yeah. Cause yeah, it's like you need, at least for me, like the best creative stuff is like, you have to be bored and to yeah. be bored, you have to like not have something going on, but there's always stuff going on. So you need to, literally like find time where you can just chill and do nothing and then like that's when the ideas start to come out mm -hmm. that's why i've been saying like after 2020 and things started to get back to normal and everyone's able to like actually start playing shows again 
I'm expecting to see like a lot of bands from like local to signed and everything. Just they had so much downtime that's like all you can really do is just record and practice. So I, I like you're gonna see probably a boom of just like insane amount of new uh, singles, EPs, albums, everything from bands, which I'm really excited for. Cause it's probably gonna be like the big bang. Definitely, dude. New I feel like I should mention that too, because obviously, yeah. like we have as good as it gets out and counterpoint EPs out now, which is mostly reimagined stuff. Plus that song, I should just say, you know, there's not much more we can say right now, but obviously we were also like writing a lot in 2020 we've got a lot more stuff coming it's not just like one new song but uh we'll have a lot more shit coming later in the year so we're just working on like i said all the background stuff for that now you know filming stuff doing art all that fun shit so there will be a lot of wolf road to contribute to the big bang of 2021 musically hell yeah um, speaking of like music videos and, and stuff like that, and especially like as good as it gets, um, well, f- I guess my first question is, um, for people that have listened to or seen the music video for as good as it gets, you do have, uh, someone else feature on the track with you, um, and sh- they do an amazing job. So I feel like we should give that person a quick shout out. And how did you come in contact with her to have her feature on? Yeah, that was our friend Sylvia Mendez. Shout out Sylvia. She's awesome. Um, I've known Sylvia for a long time. We went to high school together. Um, so I've known her for years. She's come to a couple of our shows. She's come to shows for my old bands and stuff. So we've been friends for a long time. And uh, yeah, I mean, when we were writing as good as it gets, somewhere along the way, I had the idea that was like, we should get a guest feature in this and get like a woman to come in and like tell the other side of the story. I've talked about this before, but we don't really want to be like one sided in our songs. Like there's always some Mm -hmm. degree of like, if it's a breakup song, there's still like an element of self-reflection. Like here's where I fucked up or something like that. So we thought it would be cool with this acoustic one to have a guest come in and like kind of tell the other person's side of the story. So after we were like, Hey, let's get a guest vocalist. We just, you know, started thinking about who we knew. And uh, I'd ever, never actually sang with Sylvia in the past. Like, we were friends. We talked about, like, art and stuff. We'd been to, like, other shows and seen, like, opera gigs and stuff like that a couple times. And I knew she took, like, lessons for voice. So I was like, you know what? She'll probably be pretty good. Like, I just kind of intuitively knew that she would kill it. Um, Like I said, we've talked about it. I knew she took lessons and stuff. So we're like, hey, do you want to try this out? And brought her in. And, yeah, she just fucking killed it on the track. So definitely a huge part of what makes As Good As It Gets what it is, too. Like... I couldn't imagine it would still be an okay song without the feature, but it adds a lot, I think, to have that other voice on it. So shout out Sylvia. Yeah, shout out to Sylvia. Like, the feature came out great, and I mean the whole song in general is amazing. But like you said, like it has a whole extra element that makes it that much better. So, <laughs> um, and then like my second part to to that whole thing is you do have a few music videos out, um. Are you guys coming up with those concepts for, like, what's playing out throughout those videos, or are you having someone else do that for you? You mean, like, the story elements of the videos? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've pretty much done all those ourselves. Was there one, um, let's see, we had the idea for Oakton. That was Nick's idea. I know, do you want to talk about that one, Nick? Sure. Well, I was just going to say in general, too, I don't know if we've ever really for the most part ever sat down and been like this is the story this is the concept 
I think typically it's just after listening to the song, it's like, well, what what are the vibes you're getting from it? Um, so Oakton was our first music video. And originally the idea I had for that was, I, I don't know why, just kind of want to hear the song. I envisioned something in my head. And I imagined like, like a younger couple just like going around smashing stuff, living life, being young, things like that. Like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Kind of like that. Just having like like good time, summer vibes, but like, you know, still, I guess, kind of got that suburban, you know, emo vibe to it. But uh, the idea with the picture frames was something I had for a while with that video. And I just thought it'd be really cool. All the photos in that video, we asked our friends to submit to us. So we just got a bunch of different friends and family to send us some photos and then we went to goodwill and we bought like i don't know what it was like 40 or 50 something picture frames just filled up the shopping cart at the store and it was great because they're like oh and we're like we're we're in a band you know and <laughs> it was it was funny. very confused was uh here. register attendee Couple of bros going to Goodwill and buying a shit ton of picture Damn, really need that many frames. We love to scrapbook. Got a problem? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So that that was a fun one. That's Oakton. And then uh, Twisted World. That was the second video we did. We had like a whole story for that one that ended up not happening. It was going to involve us like going into Chicago and like filming stuff, goofing off. But for our song Twisted World, we filmed the video like literally the day shelter in place order went into effect in illinois over here and uh we were like we don't know what to do because we were filming it we ended up scrapping the whole thing of going into chicago we just filmed it like in uh in this like art space i think it was like a rented studio yeah it was like a studio um so we just did some shots like jamming with the band there and to get to the art studio there was an elevator you had to take up to like the fourth whatever floor we were on i think it was like fourth floor or something um so when we were in the elevator we were like this is pretty cool grungy looking elevator like we should have some shots just like throwing down in here so it was after we filmed all the playing stuff on the way out we we're just like yeah can you just get us some shots of us like hanging out and you know throwing out in there so we smashed the rest of the beers that were left from the shoot because can't have a video shoot without beers as well we we like to be lubricated for those um and yeah we were just like you know singing along with the song and throwing out and that was cool to have that like little extra element there but literally there was like a whole story that ended up not happening just because it was like the very beginning of the lockdown we're like we don't know if we can even film this thing what's going on like I, like I said, we filmed it in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, and we were afraid, like, because we were done filming at four or five, like, are we going to be able to get back into Illinois? Like, I don't even know how this works, the shelter in place thing. Like, are they going to stop us at the border? Which, of course, was stupid. Like, they did not. We drove home. It was fine. Um, but, you know, weird but We have no way of knowing during that time because it was so unprecedented. Yeah. Like, what, in mid-March? of 2020 yeah. or whatever like nobody knew what the fuck was going on so that was twisted world and then um dogwood we also filmed in milwaukee that was over like last summer for a song dogwood and it was at our video director's house as he was moving out so we just filmed some stuff there jamming out and then had a story 
Um, I don't know. Do you guys remember? I think we came up with that story mostly. I think Eddie just kind of like built on it. Or there was like a lot of going back and forth because I think we had a premise of an idea of what we wanted to do, basing it off like the lyrics of the song, having it to do with like someone who passes away and kind of like dealing with the loss of it for the people who were still around, friends, family, whatever. And then we had some ideas going back and forth with uh, Eddie, and then we just kind of came to like a like I don't want to say compromise, but just like a shared idea that seemed to fit like the narrative and something that we could pull off the best. Um, so we kind of just wrote like a whole big, like, um, I don't know, maybe just like it's our own version of a screenplay, I guess, just kind of breaking it down. And um, Eddie's pretty good at working on the fly with us too and coming up with stuff. Um, so we had that and then we only shot the live stuff and then he took care of all like the other like cinematic portions of the narrative uh involving like his friends and stuff so it was kind of cool once we got to see like the final product because we had no idea like what those shots looked like we were only seeing our actual live band performance and stuff um and it's pretty cool because that was like a more like serious video after oakton and um twisted this one was a lot more kind of like emotional impact and has a little bit more of that story element to it and um we actually had some people say like oh my dick like f you guys that made me tear up or cry or I feel things. It's like, good. We're glad. Thank you. Oh, dude. I had multiple people who were like, yeah, I watched Dogwood and cried. I'm like, cool. Sweet. <laughs> so we're doing something right. That reminded yeah, me of one thing cry, actually yeah. that was different about it though. Cause I know we had, like you said, our screenplay that we were working on or whatever. One thing that was interesting, if you watch the Dogwood video, there's a guy in it who's like clearly frustrated or whatever. He's like trying to write out these notes. You can see him like in a couple shots where we're playing and he's in the shot, like pounding his fist against the wall or whatever. Originally, it was going to be kind of mirroring what that song is about lyrically, like this person dealing with the loss of a friend or loved one or whatever. And it ended up, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Dogwood, what ended up happening, which Eddie decided was he ends up being the one that passes away from, you know, drugs, overdose, whatever. And it's his other like brother who's there that uh, ends up being the one to cope with the loss. Just kind of an interesting take. You get to see it like happen instead of more what the song was originally about, which is just like you're the person that's left behind dealing with shit that happened in the past. So I, that was interesting spin that he put on it. I love that. I feel like I only learn or realize things about our videos after they come out and you guys like say things like this <laughs> because then I'm like, oh, like I didn't even realize that with Dogwood, I think when I watched it the first mm. few times and then like even with as good as it gets when Devin, you were talking last week, like how it starts with that first shot of Chris and it ends with it too, like the memories on replay, she said, and I was like, Oh. <laughs> yeah it's fun because like as a band we're not like we're not screenwriters we're not movie directors we're just you know musicians and um so this is kind of fun challenge for us to kind of like learn and get that experience because we have an idea of like what we want to do so it's kind of like uh well how do we like communicate this to someone who does this professionally full-time like the videographer who does all this stuff so um, it's been kind of fun and a nice fun process and challenge for us to kind of be like, well, this is what we want to do that we feel like represents like this part or like Nick was saying, like doing the cool, like flash forward flashback with the way it's kind of like a continuous loop for as good as it gets, uh, which we'll get to in a sec. But um, it's just been fun, especially for me, because I'm a huge uh, like cinephile and I love movies and I love like all the 
behind the scenes stuff that goes into it more than I do the actual movie sometimes. So being able to kind of like have that uh, ability for us to actually like contribute to the story, I think it feels a little bit um, like more personal too when we finally see the final product of our videos because it's like, hey, we had a hand in actually making this and not like, um, I'm just gonna assume like a, a big sign band has a music video. It has like some cool stuff. I don't think like 21 pilots came up with the idea for ride or usually I feel like there's like some sort of like outside influence or decision-making when you're on a much bigger label and a much bigger mm -hmm. artist that creates the actual video stuff. So being like smaller and local, we have more control and more of a say in it. So that's why I feel like it's more of an accomplishment overall too. When like we get people who say, yo, that music video made me cry. And it's like, yeah, we actually like accomplished something that we had the say and we had that uh, effect in being able to like contribute to it. Not just like, oh yeah, the label said we're uh, gonna just us like swing around doing synchronized swimming for this video that makes no effing sense. Uh, it might be good, it might not be good, you know, who knows? So it's kind of fun just to have that opportunity to make stuff really stand out because um, like a video element is such an important part in like media today where not everyone's gonna like look through, read text or just like look at a still image, but having like an actual video, something that's dynamic and not so much static really like adds to the experience and makes it more um, memorable. So being able to have these music videos for some of our favorite songs makes it even better. Cause then you get them to think about it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm in a mood. I'm gonna go watch that video or I'm gonna go jam that song because it made me feel happy or sad or angsty or, you know, insert emotion feeling here. Really good. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, Nick? Go ahead. I was just going to say really quick tech onto that. Devin is more or less like his reviews and movies decide what I go see in theaters. <laughs> like like oh. before before COVID, he uh, he would always like story stuff like yeah he would yeah movie. yeah and I, think I would ratings. honestly dude I that's one of the things I think I miss in my life since yeah. the pandemic started is like I want more Devin movie reviews so I could find out what i should be seeing that warms yeah. my heart it yeah dude, seriously it would be like i'd be thinking in my head like mm, do i want to go see like the new i don't know avenger marvel movie or something like that? i'll just think back like ah devin snap story said like seven out of ten though so <laughs> i don't know like i i factor that into my decision making and trying to see a movie i really crazy. do and then and then sometimes if it's like a crazy rating like i wasn't expecting i'll swipe up i'll be like yo what <laughs> yeah i was seeing like on average like three or four movies a week because uh i live really close to a couple of amcs and i had the a-list pass so it like pays for itself after one movie um and then so obviously couldn't do that it's like being my big withdrawal um but there was a one night where i was like you know f it i'm gonna make it interesting and silly as hell uh when soul dropped on disney plus i'm a huge like pixar fan um I decided to like take a picture outside of my apartment door. I made a fake bougie, like clearly like crappy Photoshop edit of a now playing poster sign with like the movie poster for soul. And then I took a picture of that. I put like a fake showtime theater auditorium number outside my uh, door. And then I like took pictures of like previews and then um, like getting like snacks ready, popcorn and stuff like that. And then I took like an end photo of like review plus the rating and stuff like that. I spent more time just doing this stupid thing that only like 50, 60 people are going to see than I actually watched the movie, but it was totally worth it. Yeah, that sounds great. Movies. We're big movie like, guys. Perfect. Yeah. The word of the day is cinephile. Cinephile. <laughs> yep. You said that earlier and I was like, wow, that's a, that's a big yeah. word, man. Yeah.
that's us. But yeah, to answer your question, like it's, uh, it really takes both. Honestly, it takes both the band with it takes, you need a band with a vision and like what they want to accomplish with the music video, but you also need a videographer that can, that knows like, you eh, know, this is probably going to come off like more stupid than you think it is, or it's, this is going to look dumber. So shout out, shout out to right. Eddie. He's awesome to work with. He always just works well with us on the fly. He's not one of those like music industry people that are like, no, we got to do it my way. Cause like, I'm the professional with this. Like those people are super hard to work with. And then mm-hmm. you just, you just get left feeling unsatisfied with your product. Uh, if it's not like, if it doesn't totally line up with your vision for it. <laughs> um, so Eddie's super awesome to work with. Um, so yeah, we have a, we have a great relationship with, relationship with him and uh, he takes our ideas really seriously. So it's, it's honestly, a, it's a solid mix of both like every, every music video shoot with our, like our vision and his vision. Yeah. It makes it really fun too. So like if he's enjoying it, then we're going to enjoy it. It's not going to be like a sour puss, like, all right, I guess we're going to move on kind of stuff. He's like, cool, cool. And he's making jokes the whole time. So it like five, six, seven, how many hours flies by. And then it's like, damn, that was fun. Yeah. He also kicks us in the butt when we're procrastinating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love filming. Just generally, like I think it's one of the best parts of being a band. I don't know. I, I think it's just cool when you can hang out and you're like, just doing takes of stuff and and whatever. Like once you planning this stuff sucks, but when you actually get there, it's like a lot of fun to film. I feel yeah. like. Um, so going down the list, the only one left that is as good as it gets, for when we were talking about like the ideas for them, I think I mostly came up with that one. Um, I more or less based like the idea of the video and the shots around um, lived experiences I went through <laughs> to kind of like mirror the song with some of the locations and stuff. Like we filmed a lot on the uh, the 606 trail in Chicago, which is super cool. It's like a former CTA track, like the elevated train that they converted into like a walkway. It's got like a lot of green space and stuff, oh, cool. but you can walk along it. Yeah, it's super cool, dude. It's like overlooking a lot of streets and stuff. And it's like, you can tell by looking at it that it looks like a CTA yeah, track yeah. still kind of. Um, so we filmed like picnic scenes and stuff there. That was just kind of my idea for the video to like focus on the the two singers, you know, me and Sylvia and uh, just make it like really personal kind of song to fit the vision there and, and just have a lot of shots of Chicago, like just, basically our lives kind of growing up in the area and, and being the age we are being young and growing up in Chicago and highlighting all of that. And then the birthday party was the other cool part. I don't remember whose idea that was. I think that was one of ours. I thought it was like you and Nick who came up the birthday that was party thing. my idea. Yeah, the aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, we want to, where are we going to ori- ori- shots? Yeah. Well, because originally the idea I wanted to do was like a birthday party, but you know, there's a pandemic so another birthday party yeah like a birthday party where you can maybe have some friends or something but you know obviously not the best idea so the alternative i thought of was well what if you set it up like a birthday party but you treat it like the aftermath so that's why i think that was maybe my favorite music video setup that we've done so far because we spent all day shooting on the trail getting all these fun like you know couple shots and then we took like an hour break where we just ordered dominoes and drank a fuck ton of beer 
And then after we just accumulated all this trash, we just yeeted it into the yard, <laughs> banners everywhere. Yeah. And it was like, all right, yeah, that looks like a party happened. And then it was a really cool spot to shoot the rest of the video. Yeah, that part was fun. Eddie threw on this punk song that I can't remember the name of it. That was more like garage punk, like doon, 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 doon. And it just got you like riled it's vibe. up. It's such yeah. a vibe, man. We literally just like, all right, time to make a mess. And we just went to town with like streamers, balloons, <laughs> bottles, whatever Liter- we have, pinatas. It was awesome. It was fun. Liter- literally just trash Sylvia's backyard. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's okay. It's all right. No one cares. That was funny because she moved out like not too long after too. So it's cool because she has her place like in the video to remember it, but also like, yeah, we trashed it and sorry guys. <laughs> we cleaned it up though. sure yeah it was it was cleaned up okay but it's just kind of funny how that works but yeah. um yeah you want to super cool you want to you want to challenge a pop punk band you have them shoot a music video during the pandemic where they can't bring any of their friends because all the pop punk bands got to have all their friends in the music video and it was, this was just like right we want to do a classic party scene but like we can't so we didn't even have pizza in the video the pizza was before the video okay we yeah. there's we a couple of random that, places though. There's a couple of random slices like on a chair or like on a in the sl- like just on the ground. I think I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about it. That's one of the most fun videos. I mean, all of them have something where if it's like if you know, you know, you can notice like little things because <laughs> we were there. But as good as it gets, definitely has the most like just random stuff planted. Especially like with you guys like in the background, because I'm the only one playing in the video, but you guys are like acting out in the background and Nick's like puking in some scenes. I don't even know. Like- yeah, we pretty much like had it like scripted out. Like, all right, at this point, Nick's going to stumble over here. He's going to throw up. We're going to try and protect him. And like, yo, what's going on? And I forgot, like we had a live stream of our I'm- music video. And uh, Nick pointed out that I did a Naruto run in one of the shots that I totally forgot about. <laughs> and now every time that part happens, it's like literally half a second behind Jeff. Every time it happens, I just can't unsee it. and just cracks me up every time. It's fun. I'm just so sad. We didn't end up keeping the the shot of me puking. Yeah, but it was probably too graphic for the. <laughs> it didn't make it into the final cut, but oh, it no. was really fun to pretend to vomit all Is over it the chair. You asleep in the chair still. Yeah, that's in the beginning. Originally, yeah. that was all I was gonna do for the video was just sit in that chair with the shades on. Just have everybody else act out, but Nick's like <laughs> yeah. passed out. What you would you say you call it like intoxicated? party guest number two or i was inebriated party guest number two <laughs> okay yeah yeah we just we, need a blooper reel of all our music videos because honestly those would probably be super entertaining because yeah. all the just the dumb stuff and dance parties we have somehow we always have a dance party to some like like sandstorm or all-star or something <laughs> silly every video <laughs> shoot and it's just it kill it's it takes a lot of time but you know it's also just effing hilarious how about the the never gonna give you up the dog? Oh yeah, the uh, that was one of my favorites. We filmed Dogwood. We did some scenes where, if you watch the video, like I'm singing in the bathroom, whatever. Like Nick's drumming in one room. Jeff and Devin are playing like in the kitchen. So we had some shots where it's just like each band member is kind of jamming in a different room of the house. And uh, I think that was the first thing we filmed was you guys in the kitchen yeah. jamming your scenes. So it's like the PA systems in the other room. Our director, Eddie's like, yeah, hit it. Like, and we want to play the music and they're going to film. And then one time he was just like, hit it. And Nick plays fucking Rick Astley. Rick rolls up, <laughs> which was amazing. And then Eddie just came out and like filmed us, like dancing along with the Rick roll or whatever. When he was done with the video, 
I was asking him like, hey, do you have the cut of the video or whatever? And when he sent it to us, I didn't realize it, but he sent like the Rick roll. Like the song starts off normally and then gets the part where the full band kicks in and it cuts to the Rick roll scene. So he literally fucking got us there. We Rick rolled ourselves. We Rick rolled ourselves because like we <laughs> we got like popcorn and we were like so excited. Like, oh my God, we got the final cut. Like, let's all watch it on this big TV and like it's going to be cool. And then we were all a little suspicious because it loaded and it's like, it's 40 seconds long. That's kind of weird. And then it's like, dee 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 dee. And it's just like, yeah, bastards. Yeah, so we ended up using that as our teaser. Yeah, for Dogwood. like the day before teaser. it dropped, yeah. we were like, Oh, here it is a day early. Because <laughs> if you watch it, like the first 20 seconds are the same as the music yeah. video, it's yeah. the whole thing. It's like Wolf Road, Dogwood, but then it cuts to the Rick roll. So that was that was one of my favorite moments. Sure. That is awesome. I'm always down yeah. for a good Rick roll, and that that was amazing that he decided to throw that all in there <laughs> to send it to you. So love it. Hell yeah. So that's the, the Wolf Road um, music video history, more or less. <laughs> uh, so as we kind of transition here, I would say, um, before I forget, because I feel it always feels weird doing this too. Like it's beers with bands, but I always forget to bring this up. Uh, what's everyone drinking tonight? <laughs> oh, I, I'd love to tell you, man. Uh, I'm on number two right now since I've been chatting for a while. Started off with a fine New Glarus Brewing Company, Spotted Cow, Wisconsin's finest. I don't care for many things, Wisconsin. Packers, hate them, not about them. <laughs> but beers and cheese, they can do. New Glarus, Spotted Cow, excellent. I've since moved on to a Yingling, one of Wolf Road's favorites. It's... uh. From America's oldest brewery is what they say. I believe it's in Pennsylvania. And yeah. Uh, yeah, whenever we're like out of state, like you can get them in Indiana even, we will load up on Yingling. That <laughs> shit is delish. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm repping. I am drinking. I started with a mysterious white wine that is now gone. Um, I'm only going to have one glass because white wine really messed me up. And um... What a lightweight. Yeah, I'm a, light, I'm a lightweight with wine. Man. I'm so bad. I like. I'm gonna be like slurring by the end of this video if I keep drinking white wine. Um, I don't know what it was. It was just white wine. My mom handed it to me, so that's fun. That's a fun story. Um, so now I'm drinking Three Floyd's Gumball Head. Oh, that's a good that's, one. That's that's a good. I like that one. I like Zombie Dust the most, but I was like, you know, give Gumball. Zombie Dust is good. Yeah. Um, so I am also on number two. Uh, I have not recently made a trip to the liquor store, but we had some White Claws left over. And the first one I had is there is a new White Claw variety pack. So I had a Blackberry White Claw and it slaps. That one's really good. So now number two, I am now drinking a natural lime White Claw, which is that's like the OG for me. I really, really like the lime. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Natty Ice for a second. Yeah, I, I, did too. <laughs> I got really excited. I got excited. because I really so like I'm it. drinking a natural ice. <laughs> he's, the one, he's the only one left in college, so that would have made sense, right? Yeah, he's allowed to do that. <laughs> hey, stuff. man, if that were the case, then I'd be telling you I'm drinking a Keystone Light right now. Keystone. Drum roll for Devin. What's Devin <laughs> drinking? So I am. Big mystery. I'm, I got two drinks right now. <clears throat> I uh, am pairing. Some delicious, purified, crystal clear H2O 
with some now lukewarm caribou coffee, freshly ground daybreak light roast. Oh, oh, that that yeah, there you go. That was so much cooler than all drink, of ours. Drinking it black because I only drink coffee black. Really? Yeah. I can't do it. I absolutely you know, can't do it. I did this diet one summer where um, basically you're fasting in the morning, and so. Uh, what you would do is you either drink water, carbonated water, or just black coffee because all those drinks help suppress your appetite, but they have zero calories. So it allows you to keep burning like fat and everything up until your first meal at like noon or one o'clock. And so I uh, naturally have a very bad sweet tooth. And so I was always drinking coffee with like tons of cream, sugar, well, just like creamer and like all that stuff. But then once I like started to like slowly wean off and like actually train myself to enjoy black coffee um i've never gone back like literally i love bitter stuff like dark chocolate and everything that's usually like that bitter like darker taste um if i try and drink like coffee at work which i don't because it's folgers which is literally just toxic sludge and um even if i put like creamer in it it just absolutely makes me want to puke i feel like i'm just drinking sugar water at that point um so yeah literally like black coffee once you go, you know, black and never go back, as they say, uh, it's pretty delish. A little bit well of said. wisdom for you here on beer. Well said. Uh, you well you said. know what they say. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they have caribou out by you, man. They're, we used to have caribou coffee around here, but that shit's like. Oh, I just get the uh, bags. Yeah. The last time I was at a caribou coffee, like actually in a location, um, was in high school and literally a week after I went, it was closed. And that was the last <laughs> time I seen a caribou. But they, yeah, their ground coffee's pretty good for like their morning blend stuff. I would I saw recommend. A couple, I saw a couple of those in Minnesota a year or two ago. Mm, yeah. I don't know if it like where it's from, but it seems like it might be a bigger thing over there. It might just be regional. Yeah. Well now. so as someone that lives in Minnesota right now, the only oh, really? ones that I've actually seen in person is like the four that are in the mall of america but i haven't seen like any actual locations like wow out and about did you say there's four in that mall of just yeah. caribou coffee so there's four oh, floors to the mall of america for people that haven't been there uh-huh. um and there's at least one on every floor and there's also a starbucks at least one on every floor wow that's it's, impressive yeah, it's a lot mall of america is insane is it in there isn't there yeah i was gonna say there's a roller coaster in there right yeah there's like a whole little amusement park in there like seven did you ever play dead rising on xbox i played dead rising i played the fuck out of dead rising isn't that like whole setting based on the mall of america because i remember you're trapped in a mall it has like department stores like it even has a roller coaster section where there's this crazy ass clown that pops out and um... i i have no idea but um no dead rising yeah it's in the mall but yeah. that game is that game is very fun i can never beat it it's hard they yeah. do not let you save frequently and when you die they send you far back into the plot it's and the end it of the is... game because it's like tons of different endings it's super demoralizing to die in that game <laughs> we're also yep. video game nerds if you couldn't tell yeah but what are you drinking michael yeah, what are you uh, drinking? Like, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know the listeners are probably tired of me, uh, I'm tired of this one, but I'm drinking a nice cold half blue ribbon. Oh, uh, which reminds me, I need to send another email to them. Uh, see, just trying to work on that sponsorship, you know. Uh, hey, sponsor this man. Uh, Does it say but, like award winning something on there or whatever? Yeah, because they won it at the World's Fair like in 18 something. 
Yeah. And then ever since then, they've just kept it on their bottles. So this is really funny. I went on a beer tour maybe like a couple years ago at this point um, where they would, the first stop, they would do a blind taste testing thing. And they gave you some nice craft beers or whatever. And then one was just called like the award winning beer. And it was literally a PBR, but just like in a glass. And they got all these like beer snob people to be like, yeah, that's really good. You know, like you're drinking PBR right now. That makes me so happy. The point of it too, is that this is a real thing. I think is that when you air out any beer, like in a glass or whatever, whatever, how it oxidizes when whatever the air hits, it makes it do something. I swear to God it's true. Any beer, doesn't matter what it is will taste better if you just like put it in a glass and let it air out yeah that, i can see that, was, that yeah that was the point they were trying to make it was like yeah you like that pbr <laughs> bet you do you beer snobs jeff immediately jealous. pours his beer into a glass <laughs> yeah Cheers. try this out right now. it's kind of the same thing though with like uh coffee whenever i pour like black coffee into like a metal to go thing uh cup thermos whatever it tastes drastically different versus if it's in a ceramic mug or to-go thing. And I was doing research. I was like, yo, why does my coffee fucking suck when I'm trying to take it on the road? And I guess there's something to do with like the pressure, pressurization of it, the temperature, like the way it reacts with like the metal and everything too. It alters the taste and it just, it just sucks. Um, so if you ever want instant folders, take anything good and put it in a metal bottle. Um, but I read you actually like have to like actually put it in ceramic for it not to alter the taste. So it's kind of interesting with like the whole like open beer glass thing. Drink science with Wolf Rub. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are movie goers, fucking video game connoisseurs, and then uh, <laughs> fucking science experts. It's crazy. What can we say? We're cultured as fuck. Yeah, Devin, and I, Devin and I are engineers. So yeah, we have engineering always... degrees, so we're kind of fucking nerds. Yeah. Um, so as we finally get to the the last part of these episodes i mean we've talked about we we talked about you guys starting out talked about what's uh uh for sure what's going to be out by the time this uh episode comes out and kind of hinting at what's next but i always like to hear uh personally the the good old i mean they can either be good terrible horrible super shitty bad or just amazing uh tour stories show stories i know you guys Played a few before pandemic, but I'm sure there's some good stories in your wheelhouse from either Wolf Road, ta- Wolf Road times or any times prior. Um, so this is your chance to to tell some good stories for everyone to hear. Yeah, that's great. I, I wonder what story. I'm sure we have some. We only got to play like five shows, like I said. Um, and I and have a horror story good. for all of them. Yep. Do we have a horror story for all of I that? do. <laughs> I do? You want to kick show, this dude. off then? Let's start with the horror story. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Fucking drama. Let's start give with, me, give me let's the, good start shit. with the, the big uh, reveal of Wolf Road to the public um, playing live. So we played our first show in a little cafe space, really DIY venue kind of thing. Really stoked. I was like, oh man, I finally like am playing in a band, like a, as an original band in front of people. And it was like, I was really excited. And like, like, First song we open up with is about a minute and a half. I get a bloody nose right as like soon as that song starts. I'm totally fine the whole day. Everything's cool. But like, I don't know. I got so amped and I like did a head bang or whatever. And it was like, it was like late November and I, my nose gets really dry in the winter. So it's like literally the first like 30 seconds into the, our, my first set ever. I was super stoked. 
bloody nose. I was like, so I had to face away from the crowd. I was like, <laughs> I was like you can't stop, you know, because we're playing to tracks. So you just got to keep going. You just got to tough it out. So it's like. Like tipping just, your head back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, I was like turned away from the crowd. Like, fuck. Um, but it it's went metal away as fuck. By, yeah, it went away by like the second song. So it was fine. But it was just like, really? Now? Now? Right now? Um, in the second show, we played at Upstairs Subterranean. Really cool venue. I was so yeah. stoked to finally play there. Uh, so I play a Les Paul uh, Prophecy, I believe is the brand or whatever. Um, it's an, It's got active pickups in it. And if you know anything about active pickups, there's a battery that supplies power to the pickups. And that battery is stored in a little pack in the back of the guitar with the little, uh, it's like a remote. You know, you got to push that little plastic part open and get the battery out. It's like the same exact thing for the back of the guitar. About first song in second song in that little plastic part pops off battery flies out and all of a sudden i lose like the heaviness of that because once you lose that battery that power to it you just get like a shitty like clean kind of tone so i'm like all right my guitar is supposed to be distorted right now you check the pedal the pedal's still on like dirty like distortion so it's like what's going on here and uh, i see the battery on the ground i take a look at the back of my guitar i was like the battery for my active pickup's gone this fucking sucks so then i didn't have any tape near me so i got the battery put it in the back in the case or whatever and there they had like a bunch of old tape markings on the stage floor from like previous band like setups so i had to like rip up the this old ass tape from like previous bands and use that to tape the battery back in place so it wouldn't fall out the rest of the set. Dude, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I did not see that at all the entire set. I had no idea. Yep. Did anybody else know about this? <laughs> I have never heard about this until right now. If you you're know? if you're learning anything about me, I'm very subtle and I could hide these things very well. Because I tell people after, I'm like, wait, what that happened? I didn't even notice. I was like, yeah. Except for the bloody nose, because there's actually a photo <laughs> where you can actually see like blood spurting yep. from your nose from yeah. that set, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, God, but also, damn. Jeff, I will say about that second show, so I was curious one night to see like uh, it was either when I got home after the show or the day after. I was curious if anyone like put like snaps on uh like the snap map at the venue. I was like you know see if anyone posted it. Mm-hmm. You might not want to know what was going on on that stage the night before. It was oh a very very um interesting <laughs> kind of set and it wasn't PG thirteen. I'm guessing. It was very, very hard, hard R, Rated and okay. a very interesting group of uh, music and the like that I have never known existed, and I, LA. I saw a lot that I did not expect, <laughs> nor did I ever want to see again. So, Well, you know, desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah. I had to get tape from somewhere, and there was tape stuck on the stage, so I grabbed it, uh, ripped it off the stage. It worked. It was, you know, Long story quick short. fix. Jeff may or may not have given his guitar an STD. <laughs> no. Probably. I put that thing through a lot. But yeah, and then other two shows, I just had a power issue with one of my pedals. And uh, actually, the only show where something didn't go wrong was the Beat Kitchen show with Dying and Designer. That was oh, yeah. a solid show. That show in you, general, Except though. for, you know, like the massive snowstorm that like prevented like a bunch of people from showing up oh you, you forgot the best one though can we talk about beat kitchen how the fuck we do it no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i get in the moment it. you know i get in the moment so in our heavy song winthrop um there's a nice, nice little like vocal pause after the first chorus 
And so I was just like really feeling it. And then I just let out like a gnarly, like be kitchen. How the fuck we feeling? Like a scream. And it's, uh, it's been like the, the joke for me every time we go in the studio or whatever. And I have to record like screams. They're like, mm, could you give me more like beat kitchen? How the fuck? We feel? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, they're really good. Go ahead. It's Nick. it's funny because that is totally accurate. Like literally, yeah. that's I've been like Jeff. Do you remember how you sounded at Beat Kitchen? It's a good reference. <laughs> it is a good reference. Yeah. No, but the funniest we talk about like like nightmare fuck ups or whatever. The funniest one though was because you did it when we played Beat Kitchen. Oh obviously. god. Yeah. Yeah, you did it. You were like Beat Kitchen. How the fuck are we feeling? We had another show like a week later. And it was that downstairs sub T. <laughs> and that downstairs sub T, you were like, beat kitchen, how the fuck are you feeling? I said beat. I said like beat. And then I remembered I was at sub T. I was like, beat. And it's on camera video, too. There, we found it like a couple months ago. There's video evidence that there's you'd be proof. like, beat. Uh, how the fuck? <laughs> I just remember like being at stage looking at it like, did you just say beat kitchen? <laughs> Beat Kitchen just so it's just a very nice just rolls sounding. off the tongue. Yeah, better. it really rolls yeah. off the tongue. So. Instead of like downstairs subterranean in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all my horror stories. I got nothing left. That that's a good it's really not even oh, that bad, yeah. but I just no, I yeah. watched that video and man, it just it killed it's funny. me. It's so funny. Yeah, because that, that's like some shit, you know. I, Nick, like I remember we went to a show one time and the the band came up to us and like literally asked us like where are we right now <laughs> be like what's up summer yeah. of chicago you don't know what i'm talking about i don't know if we want to throw I, the band under the bus no <laughs> i know exactly who you're talking about yeah. but i i'm sure that's definitely a, a very real thing if you're a band that's on the road all the time it's like where the fuck are we right now but it was just so funny because this singer he just was not hiding at all like he walked up to us like right as they're like first chord they're getting ready he's like hey guys where are we <laughs> like, can, I, can i say chicago or is it too far I'm like yeah probably not chicago it was, pretty far. it was like south i don't know where it was southwest <laughs> it was uh... out there was it like Batavia or something? It might have been like Joliet or something. It was far. It was at least as far as Joliet. I'm like, I don't think you can say Chicago. Was it at the Forge? No, it wasn't. It was at uh. some like small ass. I don't even remember the name. I want to say it was Darien, I think oh. was the town. Hmm. You know where that is? Yeah. I thought this was closer to you guys, like Northwest. Darien? Maybe it is Southwest, I, I don't, actually. I don't remember exactly where it is. I just know that like it was not near Chicago. And he was like, Can I still say Chicago? I'm like, it might be pushing. Nah, dude. <laughs> it might be pushing nah. But but to give that band credit, like I'm gonna throw my buddy under the bus real quick. Uh, for listeners, <laughs> Brian Martinez of Eugene Levy. Uh, when we when we used to be on the road for his old band, he would do the same shit and just not know where we were because he wasn't one of the two drivers, so he would just like sleep all day. Well, he wouldn't sleep all day, but he just wouldn't know where we were going. He would just get in the van and go. So every day he'd be like. Oh shit! Where are we playing at today? Like, what town is this? And I'd be like, okay, this is this town. Like, don't say the wrong place, please. Like, we want them to buy stuff and like love us. Like, don't fuck yeah. this up. That's did so ever, accurate. Did he say the wrong place? He had to do it at least once. No, he would just like he if he didn't know he was he would just like be good enough where like he just wouldn't say anything. Uh, the other thing that he would do too is like he would want to thank all the bands that would be playing on the bill. And he'd always like miss one or not remember who was all playing that show. And that was always rough. I was like, oh, you got to like do a communal thing or That's something. That's hard. 
Yeah. Oh, like he would shout out each band individually. Yeah, he would want to, and then like he would miss one, and I was like, dude, like, I know I love what you're trying to do, and they love it, but like, you're missing one. You just do a communal one, do something. Don't leave. I would people just write out. it on the set list. Oh yeah, just that'd be do good. like yeah. the they give it up for all the other bands that played kind yeah. of thing. I feel that, dude, because I, I usually like to do personal shout-outs, too, but I'm in that same boat where it's like, if I, I can't remember one, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to risk <laughs> yeah. it. I'm just going to... All the other bands. Yeah. yeah. Get up for all like... the bands that have played tonight. You're the first one, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking I've up. seen that. <laughs> I've seen that before. really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of have a funny story that relates to that. It's not so much a horror story. It's just funny. We played... um. It was the upstairs subterranean show, and it was at a uh, like Christmas slash. We were doing a Star Wars set. Um, I was at the merch table, and there was so there was like a couple that walked up to uh, our merch table, and they wanted to buy stuff. And the guy, which I feel like his girlfriend is friends with you guys, or she's been around, or I see her name every now and then. Um, I forget her name, but like it was funny as hell because the guy's like, "Hey." Um, I want to buy I want to buy uh like a shirt for the uh first band that played and I was like oh the first band that played I'm like oh wait oh wait that was us I don't like remember <laughs> and then it was funny too because he's kind of like yeah I'm trying to buy stuff for that first band and um I'm like I'm in the band and I don't even remember but also I'm in the band dude what's worse him not knowing the band or you being like wait which band <laughs> I literally had to sit there for like five seconds and I literally looked up at the back of our merch stuff because we were next to another band, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, and I don't drink. That's the sad thing. I'm the <laughs> most sober yeah. one in the band, and so the fact that I had such a brain fart that I literally could remember that we played a set like 25 minutes ago, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I, I don't think I've had, like, many horror stories. We haven't had enough shows to, like, have True. horror stories. I mean, the last show we played, I wouldn't – it's oh, like borderline God. horror story. So we played another DIY show and the like the venue is really cool. It's like this shared art studio place that they turn from like an empty abandoned warehouse into something really cool. And uh, we spent a lot of time there so far and it's been really awesome. Um, but the thing is like, since it's still really DIY and this is like one of the last shows before the lockdown happened, um, they were using just like PA and it was, you know, super DIY. Halfway through our set, one microphone stops working, which is Chris's. Then he tries to go to Jeff's. Jeff isn't working. And then he goes to Nick's. Like, he has to, like, walk down. Because we're playing in a hallway. He literally has to, like, walk through. Like, <laughs> shove himself in between, like, the drum set. And the whole time, Nick is just looking at Chris like, my mic is not working. It's, like, most stoic face, like, hey, dummy, it's not working. And <laughs> Chris grabs it, and he's like, ah. oh, it's not working. And literally, <laughs> we had... Shot. <laughs> yeah, but we had to stop the set halfway through, and then it took like another ten minutes to get all the PA and whatever happened set back up. And so we were the first band. Our like twenty five thirty minute set took like almost like thirty five minutes alone just because of all that setup and stuff. But I remember like while we were in the middle of trying to get like all the speakers back up and mics working, I cut my finger like halfway through the set, and I was like. Man, I bled for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of getting sick of it. Um, but the funny thing is, like, you know, most shows, we've actually played one before we were Wolf Road where, like, our set got cut, and we were pretty pissed about that. And um, I was like, all right, well, like, because of this, are we about to only play, like, one more song, and that's it? But it was DIY, and it was a Wednesday night, too. So, you know, 
sometimes you had to worry about like curfew and like uh cutting off your sound at a certain time these guys did not give a shit because the show probably should have ended at like nine o'clock i think we ended up leaving the venue almost at midnight um but the nice thing was we still got to finish our set it was interesting it was fun pictures look cool so you had no idea if it, unless you were there um but every other band pretty much had the same shit minus maybe one the headliners that night uh like the pa literally stopped halfway through all the time so it's kind of like an intermission between bands then halfway through the set intermission then intermission again and intermission and so it made a really long night but everyone was chill about it like all the people who were actually there to see the bands they were supportive and they weren't like uh fuck this place sucks we're gonna leave so yeah but still it just made it long as hell because of it that show was more or less in a hallway so it's yeah like it wasn't it wasn't really like a room it was it was like a decently wide like hallway so this was very vertical space yeah so so the crowd was like very condensed and so i think what happened was someone just was dancing or thrown down or something and they just bashed into the the mixer that they had so it knocked the cables out and shit like that so we just lost our mics and like it it sucked that we all lost our mics because like it was our it was our heavy song is when it happened. And that's when I'm singing like dirties. That's when our drummer, Nick is also using the mic pre extensively. And Chris was using the mic. So for that song to have all the mics cut off, that just sucked. <laughs> that just, there was There's, nobody could use. Vocals. Maybe to our credit. I'm not sure. We didn't stop. We kept, we didn't playing. stop because like, the thing is we played a tracks. Yeah. We played a track. So you just, you gotta keep going. There's no right. stopping if you're playing the tracks. Yeah. Yeah, so so we went through it just instrumental for the second half of Winthrop. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I heard is that somebody oh, got like moshed into it, which is yeah. that's the price you pay for DIY type shows, right? Like it's yeah. a fun yeah. time, but maybe the tech isn't the best. Um, but I mean, the crowd was awesome. Obviously, they were because they went so hard that they knocked they out the fucking this. sound system. So yeah, too heavy. Yeah. There's uh, even like later in the evening. Um, uh, we were right by the PA because it was right in front of the band. Um, it was during Will Met's set. Someone knocked the actual speaker off the yeah. the the pole it was on. And I remember being right there, and there was this really small girl, I think, who was taking photos, who was right in front of it. So it legit fell on her, and everyone is just like immediately grasping, trying to get it. And I'm like, I'm out of shape. I'm not gonna lie. And I had just strained <laughs> my back trying to like sit on uh jeff's shoulders <laughs> during that set and i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god and this girl seemed totally unfazed like i thought she was gonna be like we need to stop the show we need to call an ambulance she's gonna be like concussed she was just looking there like wait so did Ow. it hit her or not i think it may have but i think the thing was like there was enough of us who caught like saw it while it was happening and grabbed it in time so it didn't like go full like dunk. it was more like a like a like it hits you in the head um but, a little tap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say it though. I think there's something fun about that. If you were like a, if you're a fan going to that show and it's like super DIY, it's kind of, it's kind of like a fun little, yeah, like, what wild card thing is gonna happen now? Like the speakers falling over, <laughs> like it's this never guitar not boring. Guitar completely cuts out for the whole entire. It's, it's just kind of, it's fun. It really makes you appreciate the nights yeah. that go flawless and like perfectly yes. well where there's yes. nothing wrong with like sound mm-hmm. your sets on time nothing's bad and which nights are those <laughs> yeah i don't know tell me about it i think b kitchen i think b kitchen if we're talking about like good show stories i think nothing really went wrong with b kitchen that was yeah it was good that was pretty plus solid. like we were i think uh do you know the cap for that venue is it like a little over 300 or a little less 
Yeah, I think B Kitchen's like three, three fifty or something like that. Yeah. So that show was about like ninety percent, I'd say, sold out. Um, but the problem was literally that day, it took us all like an hour and a half just to even get downtown to the venue because yeah. of how bad the snow was coming down. Yeah, and everyone like totally don't blame people who already bought tickets who said they're not going to come because of that. Like I wouldn't force or be mad at someone because they don't want to like go downtown where people can't fucking dry to begin with. And then they're trying to battle that plus the snow. So um, the fact like there was still like maybe 150 people that came to that venue, uh, it still like made it look full enough. Um, But I mean, yeah, for like a show that we potentially could have just, they literally could have been like, you know what? Snow so bad. Cancel it. We at least still had to have a show. And thankfully, of course, that's the one with the least amount of like people who can show up. That's the one that has the most uh, like on point sound and everything. Yeah. And it was really easy to hear ourselves too. I didn't even have to wear earplugs because yeah. yep. of the monitors. It was great. Yeah, I think it was a pretty bad snowstorm, as I recall, actually. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple feet. Yeah. It Jeez. took like two hours to get there or something. Like, yeah. It was really fucked up. I don't know on the on the idea of like shows that have gone wrong. I haven't had anything like terribly go wrong, other than this was kind of funny when we played upstairs subterranean, that Christmas show or whatever that you were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. We have you know we like to go all out like you said playing along with tracks and we have intros and stuff like between songs. So when the intro for our first song was playing, like the intro for the whole set, I was trying to find someone to like man our merch. Because our mm. cousin was supposed to like hang out there and like, you know, <laughs> I like buy anything. and he was like he wasn't there, <laughs> so I was trying to I had to like at the last minute find someone and like literally I'm upstairs if you've been to Subterranean it's like two floors of this venue I'm on the upstairs floor where our merch is at and like going downstairs to find someone and the intro is playing like <laughs> we are playing in thirty seconds or whatever and I'm like in the crowd and I've got people like aren't you supposed to be over there <laughs> I was like yeah i'm working on it so i literally like ran up like ran into the backstage because you come down from like a staircase to get to the stage yep. and i'm like literally i got there like the second we were supposed to start playing <laughs> like i was almost late to our own set i'm in the crowd i'm like ah oh, shit that's our intro <laughs> i guess i gotta go now <laughs> so i ended up getting there on time so not like horrible but yeah that was kind of a funny thing that happened to was me. that before or after your cousin got kicked out it was before <laughs> that's a whole other thing <laughs> that's times. honestly where i thought that story was going was like yeah. i can't find joe it's because fucking security kicked him out half an hour ago <laughs> oh god no no that was later that's we have a uh, i was gonna say our first show too was kind of funny um i think somehow we always find weird things that just coincide with like are like i guess interruptions or like why things get delayed or cut short or whatever um so this diy venue is like a coffee shop kind of gallery place we had to literally hard cut our like the moment our last note is played at the end of our set lights on get everyone the f out we like sold out like a hundred person place um balls to the wall there's no room and you had to like shoot everyone out in the middle of this uh november it's all because there was a comedy show starting 10 minutes after our set. Jeez. 10 minutes. So we literally had to like get all our shit. And mind you, like when we say DIY, we even brought our own overhead lights. Jeff yeah. made like made a whole like lighting rack for his uh, senior project in college. And it made this show and the whole like place really cool and light up. Even the mm-hmm. owner was like, 
fuck man those are sick um <laughs> but like we had to get all that stuff all the gear and everything literally out the door for the comedy show and then we're like looking inside the venue because the lights are on and they're cleaning up there's like two people inside i was like this is what we had to like get the f out for yeah it was yeah. fun there's was always fun. something what about you, Nick? I, I feel like Nick has some might have some horror stories. As a drummer, I feel like there's like a million things that could go wrong. As a tracks, drummer. number one. Like he runs tracks too. I I was gonna say I feel like after hearing from all of you, I might be the person with the least amount of horror <laughs> stories. Just because I could think of like many shows afterwards, like talking to you guys, I was like, yeah, it was pretty well. You know, that went that was pretty good. And then, you know, Jeff would be like, oh, my battery yeah. popped out. Yeah, like, I would be like, the mic I, died. And I'm always like, fuck, really? Like, everything <laughs> seemed pretty good from, like, where I was at. I'm but just hanging just out smashes. in the back here. I can't hear that shit. Right. <laughs> he just smashes the drums. He's like, this is going great. I fucking hit that cymbal so hard. Like, I'm, a, that's the thing. Nick's, like, a piece of Nick's cymbal could go flying off. And he'd be like, yep, still a cymbal. Crack the shit out of it. Like, and it happens. He cracks his cymbal all the time. So. Um, I'm not. I'm not proud. It's an expensive habit, but you know, um, are we just trying to stay on the topic of horror stories? It or? can be any, any or kind of thing. story really. Um, I don't know. So I guess at the moment, what, what I got is I always think about that first show, honestly, just because it was a really cool experience. You know, Chris was touching on how a lot of the songs on our first record we're just kind of written, you know, a little while before, like, fuck what I was in high school when we were writing some of those songs. And yeah. then when I got to college is when we started releasing some, it was like, wow, this has literally been like a few <laughs> years of my life, you know, that we have now been able to share with like our friends and family. And a lot of those same people who support us were at that first show, which we sold out. And it was just, it was really, I don't know, it felt, very intimate but still is very exciting just to see a room filled with faces that you know coming to check out our own original music for the first time live and i think whenever i reflect on this band and where we're at now i always think of that first show that was a great one man it was yeah. cool because yeah. it was like our ep release show like the day after the ep came out and people were singing along, like usually our song Oakton that we would close our sets with does really well. And it's kind of made to have people sing along and they give a lot of energy. And, and we had that, but I even heard like we were playing Dogwood. Yeah. You know, it was first singing. time of the show. And some people were singing that back. Yeah. And I was like, this song just came out yesterday. <laughs> you already know it. Like that's it's like, sick. okay, who leaked it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a funny I... thing too. I'll go ahead, Nick. No, you can fish. I was just gonna say it, it's funny too when you mentioned like how long we were working on stuff because yeah like when we were doing the cover band thing for a while we had we're still writing like wolf road songs and getting it ready but we didn't tell anybody we were working on this band is like to be our next thing so it, it was pretty cool it was kind of our little secret with just a few people that knew about it and then you know to get to that moment was awesome to finally share it with everybody it was it was exciting too with that show because we played it at a uptown cafe which is kind of like a little coffee shop type venue and we went like i said ended up selling out the show and it was really funny because we still had a lot of friends and family who were like i i don't know it was i think it was jeff i think your folks were like we don't know how we're getting into this show mm -hmm. 
yeah, just like issues with that because we just couldn't force the capacity anymore. And I had friends messaging me like, hey, how do we get into your show tonight? And I'm like, you don't. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were a lot of people like hanging out kind of close by like, yo, let me know if like people leave after the first band or whatever. Yeah, they literally had to like feed yeah. people in because there's a wait yeah. list to get inside, which is insane. Jeez. Poor Jeff's parents almost didn't even get in to see the I show, know. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, a, I had a lot of family there. My family is super, super supportive. My last name's Duckman, and we just we call it the Duckman clan or whatever. Because <laughs> every show we could expect like, you know, 10 of my family members there. So it's kind of funny too. I always like to joke, like, in this band, I'm the odd I'm like the guy in ZZ Top whose last name is Beard, but doesn't have a beard because everyone in this band has man with two n's oh, yeah. in your last name hoffman duckman yeah yeah hoffman hoffman duckman stone, stone. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always just like hi guys we yeah. needed it <clears throat> it's a little bit of variety it's good yeah i would agree with nick though and that, that being like a good memory i've fearing people saying you know your words back to you for the first time is a weird experience because it's like 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 we said we've we were a cover band for like four years before this so was, all those shows are kind of like yeah you know we're not going to really accomplish much with this because it's just like, you know, people already know Sugar, we're going down swinging and right. some 41 song. So it's like, it's not going to be that yeah. cool. People are just going to be like, oh, yeah, they're playing that song. But like, this, it's a lot more, you know, intimate and actually really kind of discovering how your songs do well when you can finally play it live. So that first show was a very, it was a very like eye opening experience with like putting out original music. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they've all been they've all been fun so far. A lot of energy. Uh, I wish we had more stories for tour, but we've never been on tour, so. And and that's okay. Like, I mean, twenty twenty kind of fucked a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping with with everyone getting vaccinated and, and everything kind of hopefully winding down, that uh, I'll get to see you guys tour through Minneapolis and hopefully get to catch you guys at a show. Because, I mean, it's. Everything that I'm hearing sounds fucking awesome, and I'm stoked on what's coming next. Um, so you guys are fucking killing it, and and uh, I you. feel like I, I for sure feel like Nick's story about like that first show, like having everyone sing that back to you. Um, that I mean, I've personally never had that because obviously I, I don't I'm not in a band or have that uh, ability to do that. But like I can only imagine like how great that feeling is, and that's such a high note, and I feel like. That's a perfect, perfect spot to end the stories for the night, because mm-hmm. uh, you can't really top that that initial feeling if if you guys can agree as oh, yeah. as well. So. Yeah, and shout out shout out to every all the people that come to our shows because like they don't I don't know if they really realize it but when they do sing it loud back at us like I have a, we have a a girl named Sophie she comes to all our shows and she rips the mic away from me for our last part of Oakton and I'm like yes do it every time like this is so <laughs> cool that like you want to like do this part you know so i let her you know we sing we both sing into the mic at the same time and it's just like i love it it's so we really appreciate the fans and it, it, it means so much to us that like you don't really realize it's just like oh i'm just singing this song back at them but it's like nah man we put so much time and money and effort into that so to see people sing it back we really appreciate it that's why i always think it's like there's certain milestones i think every band or artist musician whatever always has in their back of their mind as they progress in their career. One being people learn the lyrics to your song, playing your first show, first tour, first maybe record deal, things like that. But it's always weird being the person like growing up in the scene 
going to work tour and different shows and everyone's going crazy singing along to songs like getting crazy about like just seeing the person on stage like outside of the stage so like at their merch table or just casually walking like when what was me uh had just come out i every time i saw them a new member left so i stopped seeing them um but they're one of the first time i saw them like i'm literally like their one singer michael bone or bond he's in the urinal right next to me and we just start casually start talking and i'm in high school it's kind of like you know not many people can have an experience like that but anyways um having people especially like after literally nine and 24 hours of the cd being out people are already singing the songs so i think it's like you can you can spend so much time on your music but it really goes to show just how talented or how good your music and your like the overall quality is if people are actually giving time to learn the lyrics or even as a local band that's so uncommon that's like true dedication to your scene i think we're really fortunate in being in chicago where um like pop punk definitely has become like on the rise and like a hot spot in the country let alone the world because you look at bands like um always starting with like rise against to real friends to knuckle puck to sleep on it um belmont like the list goes on just how like incredible the scene is here where it's like people write songs about the city and have lyrics and like to really talk about it. and people always like love coming to chicago because of the scene so it's very special and i think it almost gives us like our own kind of like foot in the door to start getting closer to like somewhat becoming a like permanently cemented footstep or handprint in the city um as we progress so um it's kind of why it sucks like everything just had to go to a halt with the pandemic and all for good reason but i mean um when you start to get that little taste of it you just want more and more and so i think as like as we eventually get back into the reality of being able to play shows again and new music comes out it's just like we've gotten that first taste of people know our music they move around they're enjoying themselves they sing along it's now how do how do we get that happen outside of our little bubble so when we go to places like uh out of state and we actually start getting these like uh days of tour if people are singing outside of the state who have never met us before and are just new fans it's the first time ever seeing us play live i think that's like the next milestone and then eventually you know you get your first person who tattooed lyrics on your <laughs> on their body which i think to me is like still ungodly um like amazing and mind-blowing that someone like loves your music and you're writing so much that they're willing to put it on their body permanently forever and um like so i think like there's a little bit of like milestones like i said that every band goes to and um i think it's also just very very fortunate and i'm thankful for it uh that we're able to actually kind of slowly build that journey because not a lot of people even get past playing in their garage sometimes i mean i had like seven failed bands and so the fact that we've made it so far is like a dream come true to me and um yeah it's just like i want it to keep going and i want the same for other bands too so i'm really hopeful for uh like 2021 2022 and years to come well said my dude yeah very well said um so as we fully wind out and kind of head towards the end here I want to give one more super big thank you to Wolf Road for uh, gracing my airwaves and being a part of an episode. Um, you guys are great, and like I said, uh, everything sounds amazing, and I'm stoked for what's coming out and what's to come. If people are looking for Wolf Road, Wolf Road Music, Wolf Road Merch, where can they find it or you guys? So we're on all socials at Wolf Road Band. It's spelled like Wolf R D, like the street. Some people write out the whole like Wolf 
R-O-A-D. Nope. It's it's like literally if you're looking at the street sign, that's us. We're Wolf Road. So at Wolf R-D Band, that's for, you know, Instagram, um, Facebook, all that stuff. We've got a website. You can check that out. And make sure you give our EP Counterpoint a spin because it's out now. Some acoustic Wolf Road tracks. And thanks so much for tuning in and listening to this. It means a lot to us. Yeah. Uh like like he just said go check out counterpoint go check out their first cp go check out everything and keep an eye out for these guys because uh like i said shit's sounding so good and it's just gonna go so high from here and i'm stoked to see where where you guys take off from here so um if you guys have any last shout outs or last words this is the the chance real quick here any other shout outs shout out uh shout out truly for keeping us hydrated <laughs> shout out we love our that's, truly. that's usually our go-to is truly the yeah. lemonade ones yeah yeah we like those. we, we like fucking dank yeah we do like to drink truly's at practice and when we're writing that's fun yeah and lacroix and shout out lacroix big shout out for me as well yeah Big time with LaCroix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, now that uh, you shared with us that there's actually Caribou Coffee locations in uh, Minneapolis, we definitely need to make sure we make a stop there because your boy is going to go to, like, I'm going to go to town. Yeah. Four of them? Like, you guys have, like, beer tours or, like, bar hopping. <laughs> I'm going to start doing coffee shop hopping. I'm going to go you, man. first floor, second floor, Bye. third floor. New espresso everywhere we go. Taste it. Act like snobs. Show them our like taste testing official, uh, like I don't know, taste testing card. Be like, yes, we got professionals. You have to slurp the crew as you go. But yeah, got to stop in Minneapolis now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely stop in Minneapolis. Let me know and uh, throw something together. You guys can always crash. We're we're a big band uh, house, so we're always down nice. for more people to stay Heck with yeah. us. Um, yeah. So before I before I fully end this, like I normally say, if you or anyone you know. Uh, should be on an episode of Beers with Bands. Let me know. I've got the email on the Facebook. Emails somewhere else, probably out there too. Uh, but just let me know, and uh, we love to, love to have them on. Uh, sorry, I haven't had. I have I had like a week home, and like I haven't had sixteen ounce PBRs in like a minute. Killed this many in an episode, so like it's it's starting to hit. It's feeling it, man. Yeah, <laughs> just beer. a little bit. <laughs> oh, you're a trooper, man. Uh, but super big shout out one more time to Wolf Road. Thank you so much for being a part of these episodes. I super appreciate that, uh, one, anyone wants to be on these episodes and two, that people actually do, uh, end up on an episode. So thank you again. And, uh, I'll catch everyone on the next episode. All right. See you. Thanks for having us. Thank Thank you, man. Oh, anytime, anytime. All right. Bye. See you guys. Should I celebrate a supper or somewhere in between? Oh, oh.
it's as good as it gets. And you'll regret that you didn't take the time to figure out. And I know I never said I'm sorry, but to you it's all the same. I got all fucked up on what never was instead of what could have been. Not enough to make a difference. You're too proud for forgiveness, too guilty to make amends. Who would have known you'd take the the better parts and pieces of me? Yeah.